You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Filato's Fantasy Corner, the single-man podcast, the solo show about fake football, the game within the sport, whatever you choose to deem it. I'm here for you and your team's success in this upcoming fantasy season. It's really great to be with all of you today. Please subscribe, rate, and review us at Big Blue View on whatever podcast platform you utilize. Some wild times, ladies and gentlemen, there's no denying it, but I'm here with some more tips on how to maximize your chances to win your fantasy football league. I take this sport very, very seriously. I think it's very important to be prepared, and my goal is to save you from doing loads of tedious research about fantasy football. I'll just attempt to impart my findings to you, which will hopefully benefit your fantasy rosters. So let's get into some more tips and tricks on how to have success in fantasy football. And this content is evergreen. You can always go back and look at it and listen to this because there's going to be a lot of information that can be utilized throughout the entire fantasy football season. Now, there's some of it that's just going to pertain to the draft, but there's other information that really pertains to the waiver wire and a lot of other moves and things that you can do within the fantasy football season. It's not just about the preseason, which is where we are here in August. So, this tip and trick, it's important. Know your league mates' tendencies. Now, this is a simple one, okay? Most people who have been playing fantasy football for quite a while have been in several leagues or just one main league, and they become accustomed to how certain people in their league draft, use the waiver wire, trade, among many other things that are specific to individuals who run their said football teams. If you're in a league filled with a bunch of Giants fans, for instance, some may be averse to drafting a player like Ezekiel Elliott, who is a top three fantasy option this year. Or maybe those same fans will reach on Giants players because they want to root for their team on Sunday and their fantasy team in the same game. And I've been guilty of this to a very small extent when I first started, but now I'm pure fantasy victory when it comes to fantasy football, and that's really all I care about. I've heard the arguments that some people like to not have rival teams players on their fantasy rosters because they don't want to root for them, and I say screw that. I really do. I want to do everything in my power to win my fantasy football matchups week in and week out. If Dak Prescott is at good value, I'm adding him and hoping for him to be in a bunch of high-scoring losing affairs in the upcoming season. I'm sure a lot of you guys have been in leagues for quite a while, know your league mates, maybe they're good friends of you, and these league mates, they draft a certain way, they have very rigid styles of constructing teams that don't really deviate from the norm. And if you're aware of this, And you can make them pay by either collecting the value that they pass or by selecting the players they're prone to taking if they pick after you in a certain round. So pay attention to how they're building their teams throughout the draft. You always want to be aware of what the other teams are doing in the draft. Oh man, my good friend Jimmy doesn't need a quarterback, but he doesn't have a flex yet. So maybe I'll prioritize someone like Raheem Mostert, who could be a really solid flex in Kyle Shanahan's run-heavy 49ers offense, over someone like Carson Wentz, who's a quarterback and quarterbacks and single quarterback leagues, you can get plenty of them. And we'll go over that in a little bit. I know I touched on it in the last episode as well. I just know, man, and ladies, casual fantasy football players have tendencies and they 
don't rely on drafting for the correct value. They don't know the ADPs. So go in knowing ADPs, knowing when to take people, know the ADP of the specific format that you're on. If you're drafting on ESPN, know what that format looks like before the draft. And then go to Yahoo, and then go to CBS, and then go to NFL, and look at all the differences in the ADP and where their rankings stack up. And take all of that into account going into the draft. Take advantage of the dopes that are in your league and then win your league. Because a lot of people that you're probably playing with, they're, they don't really care that much about fantasy football. But if you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to really win your league. And there are definitely ways to optimize it. And yes, fantasy football, I would say 90% of it is luck. But you can give yourself that 10% edge. And if you give yourself that 10% edge, you're that much closer to winning the fantasy football league that you're in. So you really, all we're looking for is getting an edge over your opponents and paying attention to these little details, simple details like if you have a Thursday night football player in your lineup, don't start them in your flex because it hinders your ability to provide your roster with flexibility if any of your roster ends up suffering an injury up until game time, which happens all the time. I see people do it so much in my league and it infuriates me that they're starting a running back in their flex on a Thursday night football game instead of putting that running back in the running back spot because if you start him in the flex and then one of your starting running backs go down, you can't move him to the running back position. If you have a third wide receiver that you would have really liked to play, you can't now. So just little simple things that are just savvy moves that you can take advantage of. Be aware of these things. Now, another big part of fantasy football is this. It's another little rule, another little tip seems very obvious. Look at players' opportunities, okay? In the coming episodes, we're going to be going over a lot of 2019 stats and specific players and their opportunities in the red zone and all these kind of things that we're about to talk about. So looking at the players' opportunities, it seems very self-explanatory, but I feel it's just necessary to kind of hit on this topic. Every NFL offense is similar, yet they're sort of drastically different. And I know it sounds like a paradox, but it's not quite. Some offenses are built on running the football in a more conservative fashion, while others are more focused on airing the ball out. We can all these offenses come to our minds when we are looking at the different teams in the league, all 32 teams. So knowing this, owning a receiver from a conservative offense, let's say the Seattle Seahawks, it can be a risky play, unless this receiver commands a significant portion of the team's target share. So I want you to think back to last year if you played fantasy football. Receiver named Tyler Lockett, we all know him, from Kansas State, very talented receiver, high efficiency rate. But he's a good example of this. When you own a player on a run-heavy offense, it doesn't necessarily mean, if you look at all the variables, that he's going to bust out. Because he's a good example of someone who isn't a run-heavy offense, and he's actually very productive in fantasy because he has a 22% target share and a 27% target share in the red zone with an elite quarterback like Russell Wilson throwing him the football. And that percentage was a lot higher until those injuries that he suffered (laughs) towards the fantasy playoffs, and he ended up really burning me when he faced Arizona and put up a goose egg. So I kind of have a little vendetta against him, but I'm trying to forget about it. You know, we all grow, we all learn. Because yes, he's in that run-heavy offense, but guess what? He still demands a huge target share from a top-two quarterback in the National Football League. You need to, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, you need to look at targets and target share of an offense, and you could tell a lot about a player's floor and a player's ceiling, okay? We went over those last episode. Players like 2019 Julian Edelman, for instance, 
he received around 10 short targets per game and ended up ranking second in red zone wide receiver targets because he thrived in the short to intermediate parts of the game and he had Tom Brady's ear. Tom Brady trusted him. He's a savvy receiver. And guess what though? Going into that draft, Edelman wasn't the sexiest wide receiver to own in 2019. But owners could require him, say in a 12-team half PPR league, around the fifth round. And then he returns significant value in those PPR formats. Knowing a player's floor and ceiling allows you to have an idea on how to manage the risk throughout the rest of your squad. And you can also compare it to who you're going up against in that coming week. If you're going up against the number one seed, a team that had in 2019, you know, Lamar Jackson, Derrick Henry, and all of these studs, you know you may need a lot of points. So maybe you'll go with someone who's a bit more boom rather than someone who's a little bit more conservative. But the only way to really know that isn't just to look at, oh, well, he had only eight fantasy points last week, so he's not that good. Another way you could do it is be like, yeah, he had eight fantasy points. That's not that great, but he had 14 targets. And he had three targets in the red zone. Or he had five carries within the 10-yard line. Those are the kind of stats you need to look at, especially those red zone opportunities, man, because those red zone opportunities, that's where the moneymaker is. You really need to score touchdowns. Fantasy football is so dependent on touchdowns, and it kind of sucks because there are vultures and things can be kind of fluky from time to time. But if you are able to put yourself in a position with a team that gets into the red zone and they have a specific running back that they give the ball to, that player is receiving opportunities, then that's the player that you want to plug into your lineup. And it doesn't always show up in the fantasy points. And that's why we see some players who jump out. One week they'll have a bad game and the next week they'll come out and boom, they have a huge game. It's matchup dependent, it's opportunity dependent, and it's also conversion dependent when it comes to the red zone specifically in getting touchdowns because touchdowns are weighed so heavily in fantasy football. You know, knowing these things, man, owners, you need to know the format they're playing within. You also need to be cognizant of game theory. Like, take a first and second down running back on a team with a bad defense. Is that running back going to have more or less value as the game winds down in competitions that may result in teams throwing the football down the stretch? Of course, he'll have less value because he won't be receiving many carries while trailing in the fourth quarter. That's game theory. However, the running back on a team with a good defense should receive more carries in the fourth quarter as the clock is winding down as long as their offense is competent. Now, be aware of these situations and how certain game scripts play out because I feel like game script is a huge thing in DFS and it's a huge thing in fantasy football and normal fantasy football fans tend to not pay attention to it. Now, you don't want to overthink it either. You don't want to bench one of your stars. You should start your stars. But you have to weigh every decision in a vacuum too while also analyzing every variable that goes into it. If you know what I'm saying. But game script, man, huge part of DFS season-long fantasy. How a game materializes leads to how the coaches are going to call a game. And garbage time fantasy points are worth the same as regular fantasy points. And a team like the Texans, who had a middling defense at best last season, can really stack up fantasy points in shootout-type games. While teams like the Bills, who tend to run the football a bit more and rely on their defense, may not be as equipped or willing to increase the tempo and run more plays. When you look at brass tacks, it's pretty simple, ladies and gentlemen. The more offensive plays run by a team, the more opportunity for fantasy points. Stats that generally go overlooked in fantasy football are pace of play, targets, target share, and red zone opportunity. But that's where the money is made. Last year, Dallas, Atlanta, Arizona, and the Rams 
or some of the fastest teams in terms of pace of play. But you also want to derive context from these stats and see how the teams were playing in close games when they weren't being blown out or blowing somebody out. And if you look at the splits from the whole game, and you then you just cut it in half, and then you look at the first half splits, teams like the Patriots and the Buccaneers jump up to being a top five tempo team on offense. The Patriots, their tempo wasn't as fast in the second half because they were beating teams a lot and just running the football. You can see how it all kind of correlates to fantasy football opportunity because if you're just bleeding the clock out, the opportunity is not going to be as great. Yeah, you hope that running back busts a long run, but if you're starting Tom Brady in that instance, he's not going to be throwing the ball as much in the fourth quarter, and that leads to less fantasy points. That goes into game theory and game script as well. And time of possession is another valuable statistic to look at. Last season, Baltimore and Philadelphia led the league, whereas the Giants and Washington were among the bottom tier. And now, this is important, doesn't necessarily mean players on Washington or the New York Giants can't be good for fantasy, but the stats can help make a decision heading into a matchup. If you have a tough call between player A and player B, these stats, they can have their importance. Well, you know, Washington only ran X amount of plays in the last three games, they are not on offense that much. Their time of possession is down. And I like Terry McLaurin just as much as I like, say, Calvin Ridley in this matchup. And Atlanta is much more up-tempo. It's probably going to be more opportunity. They're both in solid matchups. Maybe I'll go with Calvin Ridley. And it's kind of a way that you can look at individual player opportunities and make that tough decision and go with what may maximize your fantasy points. And that's going to be more opportunity, which would side with Calvin Ridley in that sense. Let's take a look at this fantasy draft coming up. A player like Tyler Boyd isn't all that sexy on the Bengals, right? His ADP is in the eighth round right now. Though he's coming off a pretty solid season with a good market share of the offense, but the Bengals just added Joe Burrow, a quarterback who thrived with targeting the slot receiver in college. Yes, the offense is somewhat different under Zach Taylor than it was under Joe Brady, but Boyd in the eighth round could really be at good value and could be in for a breakout-type season with this new opportunity with Joe Burrow, somebody who loves to target the slot. The fact that his defense sucks and the team should be throwing throughout the game should only result in more garbage points. Opportunities must be watched throughout the season as well. Target share, red zone reports, defensive DVOA, and injuries to specific players. Those are all things to monitor that can give your team that edge in a matchup. Say a team's left tackle is down. You may want to think that their offense may not be as productive (laughs) with their left tackle down. It could definitely be something to monitor, especially if they're going up against the Bears or someone like Khalil Mack or something like that. So there's a lot of things to really consider. You really just want to keep yourself informed, and I'll be doing that throughout the season. I'll help you be informed because I'm going to be going over all those injury information. I'm going to be going over all the specific matchup information and my advice on who to start sit. So please stick with me here. I'm Philado's Fantasy Corner. But as of right now, Let's hear a quick word from our sponsors here at Big Blue View, SB Nation's Giants page. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ah, that was fun. Did you hit skip? You may have. But anyways, moving on to some more tips and tricks. Here's one. Try to get running backs early. Now, star running backs, three down backs are some of the best assets to own, and there's really not a question about it. So that's Zeke. Saquon Barkley, and obviously Christian McCaffrey, who is about as bust-proof as you can get because he's so utilized in every facet of playing football. I think getting running backs early is a smart way to invest in your team, but some people tend to go wide receiver route, and they'll draft a bunch of receivers, especially in three-receiver leagues, and they'll kind of neglect and do the no-running-back approach. I'm big on not having a draft strategy going and you kind of let the board fall to you. You don't be stubborn. You don't be rigid with specific drafting styles. You let the board fall to you. You're informed and then you go after the value that you feel is necessary for your team in order to put your team into the best position. But running backs to me, I always try to get them early because they are so valuable. But again, if you don't go the running back approach early, Say you want to go zero RB and these receivers just end up falling to you and you cannot resist and you want them on your team and you go wide receiver heavy. There are some running backs later in the draft that we will be going over under the running back ranking show that I feel like could have high upside if injuries hit running backs because it's such a volatile position. It is. And there's some, there's say there's the Kenyon Drake and then his backup Chase Edmonds. Now maybe don't go Kenyon Drake because you won't be able to get him because you drafted a receiver in the first couple rounds. But if something happens to Kenyon Drake or he slips up a little bit, Chase Edmonds is going to fill in his shoes. Alexander Madison is going to fill in the shoes of Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, of Nick Chubb. There's a lot of potential running backs that you can get later who all it takes is one awkward hit to the star running back and then they're propelled into running back one status, top 12 running back status. And that's gigantic. I mean, the Broncos just added Melvin Gordon, but Philip Lindsay can still be had at a value. Marlon Mack, somebody who was a top running back last year, who's a top 12 running back in the Indianapolis Colts, went and invested in Jonathan Taylor. And now nobody wants Marlon Mack, but you can get him quite later, especially in this truncated offseason. I'm not going to reach on someone like Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to go after Marlon Mack at a much better value, even if you go running back heavy early. I think adding somebody like Kerryon Johnson and Marlon Mack is smart because those are veteran players who are still young, who show that they can play football. Maybe some have struggled with injuries, especially in Kerryon Johnson's case, but you're getting them at extreme value because the team's invested second round picks, day two picks in Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift. Now, it makes sense that obviously those franchises hold those young running backs in a high regard, but this is a weird offseason. So I think you can get Kerryon Johnson, Marlon Mack at extreme value and if something happens to someone like Ezekiel Elliott and then say DeAndre Swift gets injured and you don't have Tony Pollard, you could definitely somewhat replace Ezekiel Elliott with somebody who just inherited a huge workload because the other running back in their RBBC got injured. So I think this year specifically, there's it's interesting to go after that approach. I think it's still something I wouldn't want to do. 
I mean, it would have to be incredible value at the tight end and wide receiver position for me to not be drafting running backs early. You never know how these things materialize. I think there are a lot of good running backs this year. You know, you've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire jumping to the top, I would say, seven right now. I haven't finalized my rankings, but he's definitely top seven now that Damian Williams is uh, opted out of the season. He's still got Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Alvin Kamara, obviously Zeke, McCaffrey, and Saquon. And then you have Dalvin Cook, too. Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler. He's somebody you really should be paying attention to now that Melvin Ingram is not there. So I think there are a lot of running backs this year that can be pretty good. No one's going to be, well, they could be, but like I definitely have McCaffrey, Barkley, and Zeke as my top three. Cook with the injury history gives me a little bit of hesitancy, and I also think Madison's going to be utilized a bit more this season. But we'll get into all the running backs here soon. But my point is, Try and get some of these top-notch running backs early. Have that foundational piece on your fantasy roster. And don't be hesitant to draft the cheaper value of these RBBCs because one injury happens and those guys are propelled into huge roles. And we've seen this happen every fantasy season. But don't overreact early on and cut these guys early either unless they're just receiving no carries. Of course, pay attention to the opportunities that they're being given in the red zone and the touches, and in the receiving game, are they getting pass-down reps? All those things are very important. But yes, I think running backs, definitely something you need to pay attention to. And this brings me to the most important rule, and it's the most simple rule, and I touched on it last episode, but it is know your damn scoring format. Ladies and gentlemen, this is so key. Okay, I have so many instances in my life where I was doing live drafts with people, and I would show up, and I would know, going into the live draft, what the rules were. I would ask the commissioner of the league and he wouldn't know the rules. And in this one specific league, the rules were every completion, you get a point. And that is huge for quarterbacks. That's huge for quarterbacks who have bad defenses. That is huge for quarterbacks that are on good teams who aren't going to be throwing in the fourth quarter. And I remember, I think it was 2016, Cam Newton ended up being a first round pick in a one quarterback league in a scoring format where you get a point of completion. They didn't throw that much, Carolina. They were a run-heavy team. So it was such a burned pick, and I was just shaking my head like, dude, none of these guys know the league rules. And that team ended up finishing in like last place because the kid had no idea what the league rules were. And this was a live draft. Live drafts are very fun, by the way, everybody. But you need to know if there's any unique rules in your fantasy leagues and then draft accordingly. Just look, again, at the opportunities. If it is a one point a completion kind of league. Look at the teams that throw often. Look at the teams that are going to be throwing in all four quarters of the game. Those quarterbacks and those quarterbacks with high completion percentages are going to be weighed in a better light than in a normal fantasy football league. And obviously you need to know if it's a PPR league. You need to know if it's a half point PPR league. You need to know if it's a standard league. You need to know if there's any yardage bonuses because then players like Tyreek Hill are going to have a higher value than somebody who is a more conservative type of wide receiver. Say if there's a 100-yard uh, bonus or say if a 50-yard play, you get an extra point or an extra two points. Those kind of things are built into a lot of fantasy leagues, and, and people drafting don't even know. But it gives you such an edge knowing all those things. You have to know your scoring format. You have to know your roster breakdown. Do you start three wide receivers? Do you have any kind of weird flexes? Is it a super flex league? You need to know all those things because if it's not a super flex league and it's just a one-quarterback league, a big rule that I have, this is another little tip that I usually do is, if it's a one-quarterback league, 12-team, stream your quarterbacks. This is what 
if unless value falls to you, you can stream quarterbacks. You don't need to stress quarterbacks. You don't need to overdraft quarterbacks. Now, if value presents itself, nobody bites on Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, and it's the fourth round. Yes, go and jump on those guys if you choose. But you can also load your team up with wide receivers and running backs and a really good tight end, and then stream your quarterback per the matchup and get a quarterback that is in a favorable matchup to where they're going to be throwing a lot and may have throwing success. And that's going to work out for you. I know I touched on that last episode as well. But you can be patient with quarterbacks in those one-quarterback leagues. In two-quarterback leagues, don't need to. If you want to, in my opinion, I don't know if this is a popular opinion, but a two-quarterback league or a super-flex league and you want to roll two quarterbacks because quarterbacks tend to score the most fantasy points, you can definitely draft the quarterback in the first round if you want to, in my opinion. I don't know how popular that is, but that's only in super-flex and two-quarterback leagues. Another big rule for me, don't reach on defenses. Defenses are so dependent on being number one in scoring on turnovers, and turnovers are fluky. They are. Every year, the number one defense with turnovers, the next year, they don't usually repeat. It's a fluky stat. We saw this with the Seahawks back in the day. We saw it with the Bears. People reaching for these defenses, and then the next year, those defenses are cut by week three. You could also stream those defenses, play the matchup, like I alluded to last episode as well. You gotta be aware of these things, though. You don't want to use like a twelfth round pick on a defense when there's still incredible value on the board. Somebody who's one injury away from being a starting running back, or a number three receiver on a pass heavy team, or a solid tight end who could have a huge upside, like a Noah Fant this season, or like a Mark Andrews or Darren Waller last season. So you just want to make sure that you put yourself in optimal position by knowing that scoring format, by not making dumb mistakes in the draft, and by being informed. It's that simple, ladies and gentlemen, and just have fun. Have fun with the league. Now, before we sign off here, I want to go over a couple other league types that I didn't touch on. For one, Dynasty League, okay? Dynasty Leagues, it's all about having foresight there. So when you start a Dynasty League, you draft a team with your friends, and then that's your team. (laughs) That's your team that you have. So you're not going to change that team unless you work the free agent wire. But the next year, when you draft, same team. The only people that you draft are the rookies from that actual NFL draft. I think Dynasty Leagues are a lot of fun. I think you can have a great time with them, if, especially if you're with a bunch of dedicated people. So that's a very fun thing. Don't get them confused with Keeper Leagues. Now, Keeper Leagues is when you keep players, okay? So that means you can only keep two players. I touched on Keeper Leagues last in last week's episode, but a Dynasty League is different. A Dynasty League is... A team that you draft and that is your team so you want to go young you want to go for guys who you want to have some foresight and go for guys who may be in a possible situation to explode in the next coming years look at pat mahomes pat mahomes was they traded up in the first round but alex smith was the starter going into that season so didn't really return value that year but if you had that foresight and you saw what happened pat mahomes was an excellent pick in dynasty leagues then you have best ball leagues. Now, best ball leagues are fun. They are a ton of fun. And they're very, very easy because all you really do is draft. You don't work the waiver wire. You draft the massive roster. And then whoever is on that roster during any given week, whoever does the best, the two best running backs, the three best receivers, if it's a three wide receiver league, the best tight end, the best quarterback, the best kicker, the best defense that are on your roster gets plugged into the starting lineup. And that is how it's scored. So it's very low-maintenance best ball leagues, and they're a ton of fun. But you go for players who are boom or bust more so. Guys like Deshaun Jackson, 
guys who can have 25 points one week and then zero the next. They're good in best ball leagues. So you go in for those ceiling type players. Not as much with the floor type players because if you have a roster that has ceiling players and they start scratching that ceiling every other week and you have a couple guys like that and they can alternate and whoever plays the best gets plugged in to that specific matchup and you win. The rosters are gigantic. It's a lot of fun. I, I recommend best ball leagues for people just getting introduced to fantasy football because it's very low maintenance. Don't have to work the waiver wire. and It's a ton of fun. So those are a couple other leagues uh, that that I didn't touch on last episode that I really wanted to bring to your guys' attention. Just if any of you haven't really played much fantasy football and you um, you don't know too much about all those other leagues other than just a standard cookie cutter type of league. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Falado's Fantasy Corner. There's going to be plenty more. I'm hoping that throughout the season you pay attention to this podcast, and I hope that I can help you. I really do. I mean, again, I'm very passionate about fantasy football. I really hope that I can help you. And if you could help me, you can head on over to Big Blue View, subscribe, download, please, rate and review this podcast, and let us know how we're doing. If you want me to change anything up, I should be getting a, a opening audio clip for both of the podcasts please check out Falato on football we talk about everything that's going on in the world of the national football league and there's going to be a lot going on here shortly so i'm excited for that as well so thank you so much for listening to the podcast i hope you guys have a wonderful day afternoon or night stay safe and enjoy yourselves take care everyone